at SFM Radio and at Stephen Grutus on Twitter. Six minutes to seven. Welcome back to Stage 6 Load Shedding. Well, a really difficult task underway at Forensic Laboratories. Officials trying to identify the remains of the 77 people who died in that fire in the Joburg CBD last week. So many of the bodies burnt beyond recognition. So family members of 62 people have been asked to give authorities DNA samples to try and identify them. And doesn't that tell you how hot it was in that building? Really just the most awful situation. Professor Laura Heathfield is at UCT. She's in the Division of Forensic Medicine and Toxicology. Professor Heathfield, good morning. Thanks for your time. Morning, Stephen. Thanks so much. In a situation like this, how do you identify the remains of people? What do you need to do that? Um, The forensic pathologist would need to take biological samples at the autopsy. And the samples that we target in these cases would be the hard tissue, such as the bones and the teeth. Okay, so you would need that and you would then compare it to a DNA sample from one of the relatives. Yes, so then from the biological samples, we would extract DNA and then analyze it to generate something called a DNA profile. And we can either compare that to a reference profile from the victim, if their profile was on a national DNA database, or from a personal item like a toothbrush, um, or from a family member, we can uh, link the DNA from the victim to their family members. And what do you need from the family member to do this? Uh, We need a a swab from the inside of the cheek. It's called a buckle swab. Um, It's non-invasive and it doesn't hurt. And we can get good quality profiles from from buckle swabs. Okay. Um, So what you do is you take the data and you turn the DNA into numbers and then the computer does the rest. Is that right? It will make the match from there. Um, Yes, but there is a scientific interpretation as well. So it's not completely reliant on the computer. Um, There is a scientific interpretation. Okay. How closely related do you need to be? So that depends on the type of markers that we look at the DNA. So if we use the normal markers, then you need to be um, a first degree or second degree relative. But if we look at things, um, so for example, markers on the Y chromosome or X chromosome, then we can trace the lineage. So for um, males, uh, the Y chromosome is inherited from the father. And so all individuals, all males who are related through the paternal line will share the same Y chromosome DNA. So in that instance, we can trace uh, relatives who are not as closely related. Okay, so in this case, some of the remains you're dealing with can't be identified easily. You might not know the uh, sex of the, of, the, of the person who died either. So then you would have to be quite careful, right, in, in working this out. Absolutely. Um, so there we, wide chromosome DNA is just one example. We could also use um, markers on the X chromosome, which both males and females have. And one of the steps quite early on in the DNA profiling workflow is to determine the biological sex of the individual. And that can also direct further testing. Okay. And you can tell that from the DNA too, can't you? Yes, we can. Okay. Um, so when you put it in the machine, I don't know how big what, what, what the machine is, if it's the size of a room or the size of my cell phone, but how long does it take each time it does it? So the, the whole process has a few steps. And 
the the DNA extraction process with hard tissue like bones and teeth, there are a lot of manual steps involved. Um, so we're not putting it into a machine. We um, we are manually uh, extracting the DNA. Um, and then once we've got a DNA sample, we would qu uh, quantify the DNA. So we would determine how much DNA we could recover from the, from the bones or teeth. And then the last step is the DNA profiling where we target variations in the DNA. So regions that vary between people. Um, and we also target a region to determine the sex. Okay. Um, so, so can it all take quite a long time? If you've got a large number, in this case, it's a large number of people to get through. You'll have family members arriving, people who don't know if their relatives were living there. I mean, can you imagine living in Malawi and hearing that, you know, there was this fire, you know that your relative was living somewhere in the CBD, you don't know what happened. So each time you do a test, could it take, you know, a couple of days or whatever? And that makes it quite a long process to go through uh, 66 people. Yes, so the process for the family members, uh, that is relatively quick. We can generate a DNA profile in one or two days. Um, from bones and teeth, um, it's more like five days. And if we are dealing with 62 samples, um, there's only a certain limit for batching. So we can't process all 62 at once. Um, and so the the process of just generating the DNA profiles is going to take quite some time. And then we still need to do all the matching, um, which can uh, be very time consuming where um, we, we're not quite sure who, who are the family members and, and who aren't. Sure. Professor, thank you. Professor Laura Heathfield is in the Division of Forensic Medicine and Toxicology at the University of Cape Town. Just shows you how difficult it is.